Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat. Uh, slightly different uh, setup this week. Uh, Stuart's not here, so uh, I'm David Monday. I'm replacing him. I'm the Dan Walker to his Gary Lineker. Um, with us in the studio this week is just uh, one guest, or rather I should say regular, uh, or you could be both if you want, um, <laughs> is, uh, is Chris Errington, of course. So, Hello, David. David. Good morning. Yes, we're reduced in numbers, but uh, we've got plenty to talk about, even though Argyle didn't have a game at the yeah. weekend because... Uh, it fell victim of the winter freeze. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as you say, still plenty to talk about. I mean, normally we'd be sat here, um, you know, waxing lyrical about another Argyle <laughs> victory and, uh, you know, this unlikely playoff campaign. Mm. Um, but as you say, yeah, Rochdale's, uh, the Rochdale game was called off. Mm. Um, I mean, I mean, the first question I suppose I should put to you, Chris, was were you particularly surprised that the Rochdale game was called off? Well, it's an interesting one because from talking to people at Argyle and at Rochdale, I, I think the pitch would probably have been playable. It had been covered. It was under some snow, but... The way I understand it, snow on top of covers on top of a grass pitch actually sort of insulates it quite nicely. Oh right, okay. Um, so it's not a bad thing. It stops it stops any frost or freezing conditions yeah. getting in because it's got like a, I suppose like a cladding. Yeah. Um, so um, I think the pitch would have been playable, but apparently the the surrounding roads, pavements, mm. um, etc. etc. That sort of thing mm. were were not good. And uh, I think you know the reasons it was called off was not anything to do with the pitch but to do the safety conditions. And also, um, you know, Argyle trying to travel up there yeah. would have been, been difficult. Nightmare. I mean, uh, I went up to Exeter on Saturday morning and um, even then, you know, getting over Horden Hill wasn't particularly easy. Yeah, exactly. And um, I should imagine it would have got, wor- or not worse, but it would have been equally as bad when you tried to get north. So to try and get a, a professional football team and their fans mm. 300 miles up to north of Manchester uh, for a game at that weekend, it just didn't make tricky, sense all, all, all round. So, um, of course, the downside to it all is that, you know, Argyle are now going to have to go to Rochdale on a Tuesday night, mm. um, which, you know, is a long way on a, on long, a Tuesday. Long yeah. And Rochdale are so far behind in fixtures. The um, FA Cup run, obviously. With their, yeah. with, their, with their FA Cup run. They've played five games fewer than Argyle, for example. So, they haven't got many spare Tuesday nights free. In no. fact, the only ones I could see when I did a little bit of research was um, the Tuesday before the Easter weekend when teams generally play Friday and Monday. So I don't know how that would fit in with playing mm. on the Saturday, then at Rochdale on the Tuesday, then on Good Friday, then on Easter Monday. I don't know how that would fit in. If it wasn't that one, then it would have to literally be the final two Tuesdays of the season. Yeah. Um, something like April the 24th and May the 1st. Check your diaries yeah. of calendars. I haven't got one here, but um, somewhere around then. So they might not actually play that Rochdale game mm. until really the back end of the season. It, it is tricky. I, mean, I suppose, obviously, the, the thing that Rochdale have... I've got. I mean, that, uh, we, we've said we've had it last season with Argo in, in the FA Cup, and you get a lot of people worried that your FA Cup campaign could mm. derail your league campaign. I mean, obviously they're in a bit of a relegation dogfight. Mm. Um, so many games stacked up. I mean, do you think for that particular game, do you think Argyle, whenever it might be, might mm. have some kind of advantage? Are going to be a bit fresher? They might have played so many games in a short space of time. I think they would have had an advantage on Saturday 
because Rochdale had played Tottenham at Wembley on Wednesday night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they would have got back to Rochdale in the early hours of Thursday morning. Um, not a lot of preparation time to get ready for a game against Argyle on the Saturday. Mm. So I, I think that would have been an advantage for Argyle. I, I, you know, I, def- I definitely think that. If and when we play them, you know, Rochdale are going to need to pick up points. You know, they could be uh, under pressure to, to get points, extra motivated. Um, yeah, I think it depends on, on when they play. Play. I mean, I don't know if you you saw the, the Rochdale-Tottenham game, the first game at, at Scotland, and, and they played really well. Mm, yeah, it was great they played game, really, really well, Rochdale. And to think that they're bottom of League One, it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, it's so strange. I suppose they must have raised their game above the normal level when they played Tottenham, but they were, they were so close to beating Tottenham mm. um, up there. Um, Keith Hill's done a really good job as a manager, the former Argyle defender. So... Um, yeah, it was it was disappointing it wasn't on because, you know, the fewer Tuesday night games, I think the happier <laughs> yeah. everyone is. Absolutely, really. especially the, the away ones. Uh, for, for all sorts of reasons. So, um, yeah, but I, th- I think it was the only it was the only option, you know. Mm. Um, uh, Very yeah. few people have thought it was a bad idea. So, yeah. that, I mean, that's that's the important yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose, I mean, you mentioned the Tuesday night is obviously a sticking point, especially for Argyle fans. They, you mm. know, historically, we really don't like mm. having to travel up... Uh, up the uh, the motorways on a Tuesday night, but I suppose I mean uh, having looked a little bit of what um, some rugby clubs is this weekend because obviously yeah. it wasn't just football that was um, you know obliterated by the weather. There's some rugby clubs um, that rather than you know rearrange for because you don't really have Tuesday night games in rugby. I, I, that's just historically not really been a thing. What they what they actually did was they actually just played the game the next day on the Sunday. Um, I mean, do you think that's something that the football league could could look into because of, I suppose. I guess you've got to ask the question: Why couldn't you do that, and why can rugby clubs do that as well? Um, because the Sunday is still the weekend, so yeah. people can still make their, make their travelling arrangements if it's early enough in the day, like two o'clock, one o'clock, something like that. It's still enough time to get home. Um, you know, you might be a bit groggy Monday mm. Monday morning, but at least you've got that game out of the way, and you don't have to take off three days holiday to travel all the way up um, and and come back. I mean, what do you think? Do you think the football league could look yeah. into that? I think the Exeter Chiefs did that, didn't they? In That's their, right. Yeah. Their game against Saracens at Sandy Park, and they were going to play Saturday, and they played Sunday, didn't they? And um, it seems to be quite a, a sensible, logical step mm. to make, um, which sometimes doesn't seem to apply to football. <laughs> um, true. I suppose there would be maybe stewarding issues, police issues, um, you know, uh, hotel accommodations, all sorts of bits and pieces like that. But in theory, yes, you know, why not? You know, play switch the game to a Sunday. Mm. Um, it would be more difficult if you've got Sunday Tuesday games. Um, which Rochdale have got a lot yeah, of, as, as I've just touched on. So, yeah. you know, if you said to Rochdale, well, how do you fancy playing three o'clock on a Sunday against Argyle and then you've got a game on the Tuesday night, would they be yeah, mad keen on that? Yeah. Um, it's like you say in rugby, they don't play, don't seem to play many weekend games, if any, uh, midweek games, yeah. if at all. So, so maybe that's one of the problems for not doing it. But I would have thought clubs would be open to that idea mm. I mean you could uh, play it by ear couldn't you because I mean mm. I suppose if there isn't a midweek game I mean it's only an extra 24 hours and mm. um, I suppose perhaps maybe the other the other flip side I guess is if if the conditions are uncertain as they were mm. um, you know is it really worth postponing it to the Sunday making arrangements in terms of your stewarding and your hotels and what have you and then to cancel the game again or postpone it again could cause further problems I suppose but maybe yeah. applying a little bit of uh, you know as I say playing it by ear and you know if, if you know that the temperature is going to be higher on Sunday give you an opportunity for that snow to melt extra 24 hours for people to make mm. their journeys maybe it's something that perhaps no, maybe should just be looked at I suppose no it's, it's definitely worth considering I suppose if you had a, a sort of a high profile game between two local rivals or something like that you know that could cause 
issues mm. with you know yeah, police, police stewarding yeah. and things like that you know if you just played it 24 hours later you know because presumably that decision would be made relatively short notice yeah exactly and you know getting it all up and running but if rugby clubs can do it you know I would have thought it'd be worth football at least having a look into it and mm. seeing how feasible it is yeah definitely I mean there's, there's always things that sports can can learn from mm. each other I mean you look at mm. um, video ref coming in that's something yeah. that's done been successful in rugby so Absolutely. as you say if rugby uh, can do it why can't and, football you know Exeter Chiefs versus Saracens from my knowledge of, uh, of rugby union is a big game yeah huge game top um, two I think so you know if you can rearrange that for 24 hours later and they can do it <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's not beyond the, uh, no, exactly. the wit of the EFL to be able to sort of do something similar. And the level of, um, you, you can, I think you can compare um, in terms of numbers, those sorts of games to football league games. I mean, Sandy Park holds about 12,000 mm-hmm. uh, fans. Obviously, that, that yeah. I would have expected, I didn't check, would have been mm-hmm. close to a sellout. As you say, mm-hmm. it's, it's a big, big game. So, um, you know, 12,000, you know, that's probably um, a, a, a little bit above the level of some league one clubs, mm-hmm. very around the similar level to Argyle. So, you know, in the future, mm-hmm. why not no, have a look absolutely. at that? But I suppose... It, one alternative that some people have suggested, and obviously Derek Adams has touched on it this week, is perhaps if we had artificial pitches, we mm. might not be in this situation in the first place. And it's mm. always a big talking point. Obviously, they're not allowed in the Football League. They are allowed in the in non-league, so it sometimes causes problems with the FA Cup, like with Sutton last season. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, Derek Adams just talked about it this week. I don't know if you mm. have any thoughts on artificial surfaces. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting talking to him about it because you know when you get bad weather, you know, you think, well, you know, where does the 3G pitches come in and you know, I can remember from playing very, very badly on a Friday night <laughs> five-a-side league on some really, really ropey artificial pitches. I yeah. mean, they were just carpets laid down on <laughs> on concrete. It felt like, and if yeah. you fell over, it was more. It was really painful. Yeah. Um, and then you see the the three G pitches now. They mm. they've They're come. Nice. They are very nice. Yeah. Um, and Derek Adams was saying, um, if he if he didn't see the article, that he he's in favour of them for training and community use and and sees a, a role for them there, but he is very much against the idea of them being used uh, in, in the EFL, for example, because um, he doesn't feel the ball runs um, truly on it, which I think is still yeah, true. That's definitely true. Um, yeah. Although pitches have improved, um, he feels that grass is always the best option, and um, yeah, he's not against the uh, not against the, the idea of three uh, G pitches coming in. The EFL have been canvassing clubs this season about the possibility of whether they might do something uh, in the future. They're going to discuss it further at the um, EFL AGM in June. Um, there's some talk that uh, you know, could you uh, implement, uh, allow teams to uh, use artificial pitches across the EFL as a whole, or just in on a league by league basis? And I think by that they would mean that clearly clubs could use artificial pitches to boost their revenue mm. you know if you're yeah. a league two team for example and you had a 3g pitch which you could hire out to the community mm. you know Make a lot for money. the rest of the week yeah you could boost your income considerably um so there's maybe talk speculation that maybe league two teams would be more in favor of artificial pitches for that reason yeah. than say championship clubs who are, are getting you know big sums of money from tv and central payments so it's interesting. Would I be in favour of it? I think if people listen to, to me on the podcast, I'm a bit of a football traditionalist. <laughs> I would rather stick with, with grass if it's yeah. all possible. Um, there are clubs you know, in the lower leagues that do have problems with their pitch and mm. are regularly having games called off. In League 2, yeah. a lot of those clubs are yeah. where they are. Newport, yeah. classic example, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, Newport have, have, have done work to their pitch and it looks better this season than it has in previous years. But um, no, I'm, I'm not in favour. But, you know... I can see why there's talk about yeah. it, and I think it should be looked into and investigated. But I think the EFL, yeah, keep 
the, the, the interesting thing is that three of the teams in the National League have artificial pitches yeah, yeah. and one of them you've just mentioned the Sutton United who are second in the National League at the moment mm. and as, as I understand it if they were to get promoted into the EFL next season they would not be able to use the artificial pitch that yeah. they've got at the moment huge problem that, so that's it? a big problem yeah. um, so we'll see if they get promoted what happens there mm. I mean you, you've obviously mentioned um, you know some clubs that have problems with their pitches mm. and it might help them mm. I suppose um, the interesting thing is going back to why Rochdale was cancelled. It wasn't cancelled because of the pitch. Yes, it was, it was yeah. actually cancelled for outside of the pitch. So yeah. you and could argue that actually these pitches might not stop games getting called off because you're still going to have slippery roads. You're still going to have long distances to travel with roads closed or trains cancelled, yeah. things like that. So it might not necessarily solve the problem, I suppose. No, I, I think you're, you're right, David. I mean, like I say, I think the Rochdale pitch would have been fine mm. if we'd all got there fine yeah. and safe <laughs> and sound. I think we'd have had a game of football on there by yeah. by the sounds of it. Um, in this day and age, you know, safety, rightly so, I think there's more emphasis put on safety. I'm sure 20 or 30 years ago, they'd have said, look, just get up the road. If you've got to go through snow drifts on a team bus or, you know, whatever, then that's yeah. part, of the, part yeah. of the job. I think more games, are, more and more games are being called off for safety reasons mm. and, you know, icy pavements, you know, roads, you know, not treated and than, than, than ever before. Yeah, I mean, pitches are actually in, I mean, you know, Rochdale got a new pitch, for example. Exactly. I mean, it, it's a lot easier, I guess, to relay a pitch now than it, I guess it was back in the day. I mean, you know, obviously I wasn't around for them, but I've seen, you know, classic <laughs> pictures of uh, just regular football with just a mud bath sometimes. Where's so, Danny Salmon yeah. when you need him? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he thought of this week. Oh, just, play, just play the game, lads. Stop being wusses. He would have played in some mud baths, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, next time we get him on the podcast, we'll have to ask him about football mud baths yeah. that, he's, uh, that he's encountered. Yeah, definitely. I mean... Um, one place that does have an artificial pitch that is going to be interesting this week is obviously uh, Sirencester is where we're going to have uh, the Swindon Reserves game uh, on uh, Tuesday Tuesday. Um, so obviously you're going to be travelling up to that for that yeah the plan is yeah weather permitting yeah true of course yeah (laughs) no Um, I'll play in Swindon in their latest Central League game Uh, Jack Ball's going to come up with me and uh, do a bit of live blogging and we'll see what happens uh, up there, uh, I'll go play Swindon in this competition. It's a reserve team competition. Yeah. If you, if uh, listeners aren't one hundred percent sure, uh, played Swindon at Home Park a couple of weeks ago. Uh, well, I say a couple of weeks ago. It's amazing how time flies. It was the end of January actually, but yeah. uh, I suppose that's a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, beat them two 0 But I'll go had a strong side out. Swindon sent basically their under 18s because they had the first team fixture that night. Uh, this is the reverse fixture of that. I would expect Argyle to have a, a, a pretty strong team, mm. pretty much. Uh, Derek Adams has played the same starting eleven for the last few games, so all the others would, would probably benefit from from some game time. Um, and as you say, it's at Sirencester Town, um, who have um, got a artificial pitch. You know, we just be talking about. Uh, only was first used, I think, last August. So it's a very new oh, right, one. New, okay. So I, should, I would expect it's a good. You know, the newer the pitch, artificial pitches, the better they seem to be. Yeah. So I'd expect it to be a good one. With it being on artificial pitch, even if it rains, and, and we've had plenty of rain again. <laughs> Monday going into Tuesday <laughs> and whatever I, I think the game will be on and um, yeah it, you know, slightly ironic that you know there's a lot of talk about artificial pitches in Argyle they're going to play in one on Tuesday but an, uh, you know, an interesting game um, it's one of those where you, you quite often say reserve team games players if they play well on the Tuesday could force their way into the team on the Saturday mm. um, it's very difficult at the moment yeah. to see anyone forcing their way into yeah. the first team at the moment Absolutely. with the team doing so well yeah, Derek doesn't like rotate very often he, when he doesn't well, he? He, he doesn't change a winning team very often and when, when you're on the run that Argyle are on six successive wins and 
Um, we can touch on the Fleetwood game in a minute on sat on Saturday, but you know if they won at Fleetwood, that would be seven successive wins, their best run since two thousand and three four. Um, we wonder what happened that season. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so those players that play against Swindon tomorrow might not have the incentive to know that there's a chance of forcing their way into the into the first team at Fleetwood on Saturday. But they've still got to be professional be, course, and approach yeah. the game properly and make sure they get as much benefit out as they can and you know prove to the manager and Paul Watton, who's in charge of the 10th or league team, that you know, if there's an injury, if there's a suspension, they are ready and, and waiting to take their chance. So mm. um, these games are never, they might not always appear it, but there's always something on these games. You, you know, you never know what's going to happen around in the corner of football. Yeah. Something could change and there could be an opportunity and, and somebody's got to be ready to take it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned obviously the run that Argyle are on. Sometimes mm. um, teams on, the, on this kind of run, what can sometimes damage them continuing that is, is, an, is an injury, as you mm. mentioned. And yeah, that's right. In those situations, it's important that someone can step up and do the job that that injured player was, was doing before, isn't it? So, and yeah, they've got to prove said. that they're ready. Yeah. You know, there's no point going out to, and playing in a reserve team game wanting to get yourself into the first team and then just strolling through yeah. because you're not going to impress anyone no. like that, you know. Um, so you've, even though it's a reserve game on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, on an artificial pitch at Sirencester Town, you've got to be, you're a professional football player. Yeah. You've got to go out, do a professional job, play to the best of your, your ability. And um, yeah, it might not get you in the team on Saturday, but somewhere along the road, you've mm. planted a seed in somebody's mind that yeah, he's ready and chomping at the bit to get in. Yeah. Well, obviously, you've mentioned the Fleetwood game. We'll come mm. on to that in, in, in just a second. We should probably, just before we do that, just um, touch on the fact that even though the Argyle didn't play uh, on the weekend, yes. um, there were some results that were quite important. Obviously, mm. it, it's, it's quite strange, you know, I mean, I suppose maybe four months ago, we'd be sat here maybe eyeing up the MK Dons result yes. uh, and, you know, seeing how they got on. But actually, this week, the Scunthorpe game against Oldham mm. was actually important for a completely different reason than you would have expected a couple of months ago. Because yeah, um, Oldham beats Scunthorpe and yeah, that's great news for Argyle. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, like you say, it's a good, you know... You would have thought we'd have been looking at the Milton Keynes result, and instead <laughs> it's um, Scunthorpe slipping up at home to Oldham Athletic, which yeah. was a, a bit of a surprise. You yeah. know, because Scunthorpe have have been you know up around that fourth, fifth spot for most of the season, haven't they? Yeah, um, for a few years, in fact. Um, I think yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, Jamie Nesco could probably give us a bit of an insight yeah. into that as well from exactly. his time at uh, at Scunthorpe. But um, I think Oldham have been showing signs of improvement a bit lately, mm. and. Um, yeah, they're about yeah. seven points clear of the, of the, yeah. the oh, sorry, two points clear of the drop zone, but seven points clear of MK Dons. Yeah. Kind of, that's where so they're, they're, they're making so. a bit of headway. And I was impressed with Oldham when Argyle played up there at the end of January. You know, that was a tough, it was a win, a 2-1 win, yeah. but Oldham made them work very hard for it. And uh, yeah, I think it was a bit of fortune about the first goal that Oldham got with a, a deflection, but to, to go to Scunthorpe and win 2-0 was a fantastic result. That will give them a lot of momentum and obviously it keeps Scunthorpe within Argyle's range yeah, so I mean, what's, what's the difference yeah, so, they've got, so Argyle have got a game in hand and they're four mm. points behind so if, yeah. they, if they win that game which I'm, I'm assuming is, is the Rochdale game sort of um, theoretically speaking theoretically the um, you know then they're only one point behind them and you know if Scunthorpe continue their poor run and Argyle continue in the mm. opposite direction then it, it just puts them further into that because at the moment, well, for, until this weekend, it had all been a case of we probably know that Rotherham and Scunthorpe are going to make the playoffs. Probably yes. Wigan, Shrewsbury and Blackburn will fight for those yes. two. Yeah. And then just you've got One's a cluster of about six or seven teams all looking for that final spot. But with Scunthorpe losing, mm. you know, that completely opens up the door, takes the pressure off Argyle a little bit. Because obviously, they, you know, we've quite, a, quite an eye on Charlton uh, because they're the team just below Argyle. I've got two games in hand on them, two points behind. But, you know, if they can catch up with Scunthorpe, it 
almost makes the picture a bit easier for our garden, doesn't it? Well, so, I mean, you've got, theoretically. That, you've got that tape, printed table out in front of you, Dave, and you look at it, Rotherham in fourth mm. uh, are going to be at Home Park, last home game of the season for Argyle. Scunthorpe Argyle are up there on Easter Monday. Yep. Nice short trip on an Easter Monday. <laughs> and, and then Charlton, just below Argyle in the table, um, scheduled to be there on March the 24th. Yeah. So Rotherham, Scunthorpe and Charlton, 4th, 5th and 7th, Argyle have got all three of those to play. So yeah. it shows you that you know, Argyle have got themselves into a fantastic position, You know, exceeded all expectations. Yeah. And they are playing teams who are, like I say, I think the way Rotherham are going... I think Blackburn, Shrewsbury, Wigan and, and Rotherham will pro- could, be could, be, could easily be the top four, couldn't yeah. they? And they could vary the positions they're in at the moment because Rotherham are absolutely storming up the table. Yeah. Um, and then you're looking at two from, you know, maybe Scunthorpe, Argyle, Charlton, Peterborough had a good win last week. Bradford who have been on the slide but they'll be desperate to turn it around under yeah. Simon Grayson and you know even Bristol Rovers aren't uh, you know a million miles out yeah. of it or Portsmouth as well yeah so, Portsmouth Bristol on level and, points so and again Argyle have Bristol Rovers and Portsmouth to come to home park yeah. so again you know Argyle have only got 11 games to go but there's some, there's some pretty big games in there now for, yeah. for the right reasons rather than yeah, exactly. worrying about looking over their shoulder which, 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 is, which is really great news really because mm. I mean you wouldn't want to be playing those teams who are chasing no. a playoff if you're scrapping for a place no, to stay in the division no, so I mean um, no. yeah those, those fixtures are going to be exciting I, I think it's always quite exciting when you are going to play those teams around you because it just it, it's just great to be in that kind of race mm. there's so much at stake but in a positive way as you mentioned mm. so yeah be uh, be good to uh, to look forward to those games. But, I, mean, uh, I mean, I could just see that Charlton game. If if it does get played on the Saturday, there's potential for it to be moved because it's an international week. Yeah. And um, Charlton have had games called off, I think, earlier this season That's on, right, yeah. on international weeks. But you know, if that game was to be played on the Saturday, March the twenty fourth, and Argyle are still in the sort of position they're in, you know, with the support they always get in and around London, I, I could I could see the Argyle fans packing that oh, yeah. away and at Charlton. You know huge numbers and away days under Derek Adams have always been yeah. a lot more positive than they would be under a lot of other managers a lot of clubs do struggle on the road but they don't under Derek Adams do they? it's basically a 50% win record in away games <laughs> which amazing, you know is, is phenomenal I mean winning every other game away from home over two and a half years is it's amazing, isn't it? is a fantastic record yeah well, speaking of away games, obviously we've got another one this weekend yes. uh, up at Fleetwood, and uh, obviously we've sort of touched there on the sort of, I guess, the the end game for Argyle, and you know what they're aiming for. So I suppose what's really interesting this week is we've got some really great subplots, and we love a good subplot mm-hmm. uh, in in football. And yeah. uh, um, well, I mean, where do we start? We've got two. We've got John Sheridan. And we've got two Mane Diarraga. So mm. I guess we, we should you start with John Sheridan, obviously mm. um, here for a little bit longer than uh, yes. uh, Diarraga. Um, he seems he seems to um, always just keep popping up, doesn't he? He loves popping up, and. Um, um, our colleague Jack Ball always sort of is, always is keen to point out that he tends to go and join a club after they've already played Argyle at home park that, that yeah. season. So yeah. he's still waiting for a home park return. But I think this would be his second or third third, third because, reunion. Yes, with Argyle because since he left. we we played at Newport and at Knox County. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, with John Sheridan in the manager. I think Oldham now are his fifth club since he left Argyle at yeah, the end of so. the. Hasn't he been back to Oldham twice since he he's left? He's been to Oldham like twice, uh, Newport and Knox County. That's right, yeah. And then so Fleet was Fleet fifth. His, his fifth one. Um, I think a few eyebrows were raised when he was appointed. Yeah, but, it was quite surprising. But you, you look at the job he's done at, at keeping teams up. Yeah, that's true. Um, Oldham being one last yeah. season. Argyle, Argyle being one. And, and, you know, pertinently to us, Argyle, I mean, yeah. he took over in the January and that was a hard task. And, mm. you know, uh, I, I think he left the club at the right time. He moved oh, the club on well. Um, you know, I don't think he was an ideal fit 
for Plymouth Argyle as a football club. I don't think he particularly relished living in the southwest, working in the southwest. But that particularly that that first half season when he kept them up, they they under a lot of managers they would have got relegated that mm, season yeah. because it was a mess. <laughs> and and he did very well to to keep them up. And then they finished tenth the following season, which was a big progression. And then they got into the playoff semi final, which again was another step forward. Um, I think that was possibly about as far as he was going to take them. Mm. And in the end, he, you know, I think it was very much a, you know, he was he was ready to leave, and it allowed Argyle the opportunity to bring in Derek Adams, yeah. and, and history will will say <laughs> that that was a very good um, change of management for for Argyle sort yeah, of thing. Definitely. So, um, yeah, he, you know, he does, you know, create debate among Argyle fans and fan, football fans in general, and. Uh, you know some of the stuff that he's got up to um, in terms of uh, referees and things like that hasn't been great. Uh, but if you're a club that's struggling near the bottom of the table mm. and you're looking for a manager to come in, maybe as a short-term fix, uh, I could see why Fleet would have yeah. gone for him. Uh, the Fleetwood chairman, you know, has, has put a lot of money into that football club. He won't want to see them going back to League no. Two. I mean, not that long ago. I mean, when when we play Fleetwood in in October, uh, I'm sure Fleetwood were, were looking at being in the Championship next yeah. season. Uh, so they definitely won't want to be in, in League Two next year. Um, so you know, Sheridan's going to have to work with the the players he's he's got at his disposal um, because obviously we're outside the transfer window. But uh, I I advise it or not advise, but anyone who looks at the Fleetwood squad. I tell you what, they've got some talented players there. There's something's gone wrong there for them to be yeah, twenty uh, first in the it's table. Absolutely crazy. I mean, um, well, I mean, you mentioned that game when they came to Home Park. I mean, mm. the other way around then. I mean, Fleetwood, mm. as you say, were bombing on, looking to the championship, so they were in the mm. playoffs last year. Mm. Argyle were the struggling team, and yeah. it was one of those games where Argyle just was so ordinary, and they got played off the park, and the result was as expected, a defeat. Yeah, it's it so was It was an important game though, because that after that game, the players had their dressing room oh, of meeting. Course. That's right. Now, yeah. of course, we've never found out exactly what. <laughs> Was said, yeah. but it's a very rare thing for a, a players-only dressing room meeting to be mm. held, and it went on for the best part of an hour. And whatever was said, you know, things turned around after that. They drew uh, with Shrewsbury uh, the following Saturday. Then they went to Blackburn and drew. Then they went to Wimbledon and won. And there was a few sort of stops and starts, but gradually that mm. whatever was said in the dressing room after that Fleetwood game, um, it's quite a turnaround yeah. because you know Fleetwood were looking like the team going for playoffs yeah. and Argyle looked like the team were going to get relegated and it's completely around. flipped around now it's, yeah. it's, I mean that's the beauty of football isn't it Absolutely. you know no one would have predicted after that game against Fleetwood no one would have predicted <laughs> no. the scenario for this return match in many ways that's why we love football isn't it with those yeah. sorts of narratives and, and I guess I suppose we, we'll, we'll remember this now if we get into a situation in October next year and they're struggling <laughs> yes. again yeah. remember, remember this remember yes. this situation where in you know March time those two teams are tw- any, anything can happen over Christmas yeah. and over the winter period and what have you and, and, and that's but the thing about Fleetwood is it is still a surprise you mentioned they've got good players there's mm. one we know quite a lot about yeah. and that's Tumani Diego Raga and it's his first game against Argos since he's left if he plays if he plays of course yeah yeah because he's not been figuring that much no. um, uh, I think he started the John Sheridan's first game um, but I think he was substituted as well and before that he, he'd been dropped out of the squad completely along with a couple of other players yeah. as well uh, by the caretaker manager um, I've read a few bits and pieces I haven't sort of fully followed it and you know we, we can look a bit closer nearer the, nearer the weekend but I don't think it's worked out particularly well for Diego Raga or, or Fleetwood yeah. um, certainly the results would suggest that yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't they I mean yeah. you know they've been on a on a bad run of form so 
So whether he'll, he'll play against Argyle or not, it could be mm. up in there and might be on the bench, might not be involved at all. But, um, you know, he was one of the catalysts um, for the Argyle season. There's no doubt about that at mm. all. He came in he, at the right time. He, he came in at the right time uh, after that Fleetwood game again, yeah. strangely. Uh, he was he came in on the Monday after that when Argyle were at Loab. And when he left at the start of January, they were heading in the right direction. Although we probably even at the start of January, we didn't expect Argyle to be <laughs> sitting sixth uh, at the start of March. So um, you know that that's um, surpassed expectations. Did a fantastic job. He fitted in really well. Um, he seemed to enjoy playing for Argyle. I think he relished playing for the club. Um, I think everyone totally understands why he opted for Fleetwood rather than staying at Argyle. Mm. You know, family reasons, closer to home. Fleetwood would be more money as well, you know, and, and money's always an issue isn't yeah, it, in course. football. Um, he, I mean, he must sort of be scratching his head a bit though and thinking, <laughs> yeah, what's gone wrong? He went to Fleetwood to try and be part of a promotion team, uh, and instead he's in a relegation battle. And the team he's left that looks so like they're in a relegation battle, they're trying to get in the playoffs. So, yeah. you know, he he must sort of wonder about that. But you know, the way things have worked out, you know, as as good as Diagaraga was. If he'd stayed, we wouldn't be seeing Jamie Ness, David Fox and Anthony Sarsavik playing as well as they are. Yeah. Because one of them, at least, them, wouldn't have got in. Um, Diagaraga left, Jamie Ness came in, having been out for three months with an injury. And anyone that's seen Argyle play in the last few games, he's been excellent. He really has been a real steady Eddie, you know, box to box. Um, and the combination of the three of them has worked perfectly. And Anthony Sarsavik stepped up to the plate. Mm. You know, I see he's uh, one sort of like February player of the month polls and things like that, and deservedly so. You know, mm. he's he's done a really good job. Now, would he have had the chance, or would Nessa have had the chance if Diagaraga were here? So, as disappointing as it was, and there was a bit of gnashing of teeth when Diagaraga yeah. left. You know, how can you sit here now, no, a couple yeah. of months later, and say it was a bad thing for Argyle yeah. because? they might not have ended up playing this style and, and had this sort of... Because uh, Sasevic's become a real attacking threat. Um, Fox can play the sort of holding role, NFL quarterback yeah. type sort of thing yeah, and break things it. up and, and what have you. And, and, and Ness does a bit of both. So it, it's worked out really well. Um, yeah. But, you know, hopefully we see Dia Garaga and Yeah, it'd be nice you to know, see him. Uh, because, you know, he did play a part yeah. in Argyle's revival. I mean, obviously you mentioned in there there's an understanding, I suppose, as to why he left. I mean... Um, if he does play and I know it's an away game so it's always hard to tell yeah. but do you think he'll get a good reaction a good reception from the yes. Argyle fans yeah I think so Yeah, because I, I think you know look at the way he left the the, the, the game he left um, of course yeah it's uh, Barry, lap of honour it? Barry yeah. lap of honour you know you know it was a perfect it was a classy way to leave he didn't have to do that Yeah, he left it and I think he left good, good memory so yeah I, I think he, he will get a good good reception uh, you know if, if he's involved and um you know, he, he did really well so it's one of those um, you hope he doesn't go well for him on Saturday <laughs> but after after Saturday wish him all the best for the rest of the season yeah maybe a 4-1 win and uh, the, the one goal being scored by Diego Raga right yeah in the, the 90th minute in front of the Argyle fans I think the Argyle <laughs> fans would settle for that I yeah. mean yeah it, it, they definitely take that. So. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, just to finish, then we've also kind of uh, we've talked about the Charlton game at the end of March, but mm. we um, we wanted to talk about the next home game because mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a way off, mm. um, which means you know we know the pitch will definitely be ready by then and uh, yes. and things like that. It's March seventeenth. It's Bristol Rovers, and you mentioned that um, it sounds like it's going to be mm. um, quite big, a raucous atmosphere. Big crowd, yeah. Um, I'm never quite sure if Plymouth Isle versus Bristol Rovers <laughs> or Bristol City is a local derby. I think the Bristol fans would probably say not. No. 
Um, Argo fans, but Argo fans more yeah. are more likely to. Yeah. Um, we've played lots of times against Bristol Rovers over the years. That in, in the time that I've been at the Herald, we do seem to have had an awful lot of games against Bristol Rovers in mm. in the leagues and cups. Bristol Rovers have sold all of their tickets already, um, so the game's still a long way off. And so, if they've sold all their tickets, I'd guess that's going to be around about fifteen hundred fans coming yeah. down. So. You know that's say a, a thousand nine hundred more than Bradford brought down for for the for the recent home game. So you stick nine hundred extra fan, away fans on top of that. Now if Argyle go to Fleetwood and get some sort of decent result and are still in the sort sort of position they're in now, Argyle versus Bristol Rovers at home park, you'd like to think would would be a, a good crowd and a big game. And Rovers have seemed to have sort of had spells of good form and bad form, yeah. and you're never Can't quite decide, sure what what they're going to do. But um, you know they they are definitely within striking range yeah. of, of Argyle and the playoff places at the moment. Yeah, they'll four be, points off Argyle, so at the moment anyway. They'll be thinking that with a good strong finish from them, they could make the playoffs. So there's lots of exciting games to, to look forward to. You know, as we've touched upon with Scunthorpe and Rotherham and Peterborough. You know, Peterborough you can't discount. They've got Steve Evans as their yeah, new manager that's now. That's going to be great. <laughs> if, you've, if you've not seen that one, Steve Evans has gone from Mansfield in League Two to Peterborough in League One. So we're going to get. Uh, Derek Adams and Steve Evans back yeah, together again uh, unexpectedly, wait. which is, which will be uh, interesting. That's when we'll find out who really is the best manager <laughs> outside the Premier League. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, so, but the Bristol Rovers one, yeah. So the, the Barn Park game will be packed that day. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, it will feel like a local derby, whether, whether it really <laughs> is or not, but I think it will have that derby yeah, atmosphere. Definitely. Two teams that, you know, with good results this coming weekend will be looking to get into the playoffs so yeah it's a little bit of a way away yeah. but um, I think that one's a, definitely a game to, to sort of uh, water the appetite uh, you know get the appetite to... and I think it's a good place just to finish on um, just for this particular episode because we've obviously been talking about the turnaround and we just can't believe the situation they're in I think I mean I was at the Bristol Rovers game away back in um, September, September, September wasn't it? Yeah. and it was another one of those games where it was it was a stereotypical beginning of the season game for Argyle where you know they played some good football but then they concede a sloppy goal then Gary Miller got sent off yeah. and um, you know just to when, when you play these teams again I mean we just mentioned what it was like with Fleetwood it's, it, it really does to show you how much of a season of two halves it was yeah. this team's coming to home park um possibly not even as the favourites anymore mm. um, whereas you know we, we obviously went up to the Memorial Stadium kind of yeah. a little bit worried you know what was going to what was going to happen obviously yeah. Argyle lost so it's just another one of those games that just shows you the turnaround that's happened no it? absolutely because that was a that was a pretty grim day wasn't it you <laughs> it's know it, well, it was it? a cold old day and it was another defeat and you know you did feel as though it was a bit like Groundhog Day yeah. um, with, with all the events that have happened and yeah it's amazing the turnaround I mean it's, it's getting recognition now isn't it you know um, see Derek Adams was a guest of uh, Richard Keyes and Andy Gray on mm. I don't, I'm never quite sure how you say this. Is it be in sports I, or? I think so. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, which is sort of you know Middle East sort of TV yeah. sports network. It's technically it's, a global network. So yeah. I mean, I mean that's impressive for but, Derek to get on there, isn't but it? But so. for, for Derek to get on there and and there's newspaper articles being done and things like that, and yeah, you can say you'd perhaps like to keep Derek right, <laughs> Adams under the radar a bit, yeah. so bigger teams don't start taking notes of him. But at the end of the day, it's never a bad thing if your no. manager and players are being talked about exactly, on TV yeah. and national newspapers and things like that. Because why is that? Because they're doing well. Yeah. That's a much better problem to have than people not know who your managers <laughs> and not know who your players are because they're not yeah. really very good. Exactly. I mean, Sky Sports obviously compared Argyle, are they the next Leicester? <laughs> they had the 5,000 to 1 odds of, of yes. getting promoted yes. when they were in that situation. And they, they also, what I thought was quite interesting was obviously it's, it's a bit strange because, it, you know, it's not quite the same as winning the Premier League. Mm. Um, but what they thought was interesting was that 
when Leicester had those 5,001 odds to win the Premier League, some Leicester fans were like, yeah, we might be able to do that, so I'll put some money on. So they, they were claiming that it was it would be even more impressive if Argyle were to do it, because not even their own fans were willing to back in bets, and nobody put bets on on 5,001. Yeah. So, you know, theoretically, it could be more impressive. So, But yeah. I guess we have to see. It's a long way to go. Yeah, there is a long way to go, but uh, as, we've, as we've obviously touched on, you know, it's, it's looking like an exciting end to the season with some mm. big games, you know, top end of League One, you know, when you think where Argyle have been in the last few years, you know, to be involved in some top of the table, top eight, top ten games in League One, you know, that's something for the Argyle yeah. fans to, to really relish and look forward to and enjoy. You know, runs like this don't come along very often. No, no. You know, six successive wins, hopefully seven on. It doesn't happen very often, so really got to try and enjoy and savour it and, and, and support the team and hope that they can continue um, what they've been doing over the last couple of months. Oh, well, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks uh, for being on uh, the show today, Chris. Well um, done, yeah. uh, Dan Walker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the stand-in. Um, if you just say, just before we finish that, obviously you've got the game, just to remind everybody, you've got the game at Swindon, so Swindon. check on the, on yeah. the blog. And yeah. uh, we've got the game, obviously, at Fleetwood as well, so we'll have lots of coverage in the build-up to that. Yeah. And we'll see Derek on Thursday, although the snow didn't stop him last week, I'm sure it won't stop him this week. No, no, we'll see him on <laughs> Thursday and have a catch-up then. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.